when you have the right people supporting you, they will show up with support and not judgment and not make it about them when it's not about them at all. That was so beautiful for me to experience. Spirituality gets a lot of side eye these days, and admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Not That Crazy. It's Caitlin. I'm happy to be back. It's been a hot minute, and I wanted to take this time to tell you why. It's been about a month since the last episode, so I'm going to spend some time really just recounting where I've been, what's been going on, because I really think that a lot of this experience will be supportive for you. Because if you're here, you're likely at least a little bit like me in terms of maybe you identify as being a recovering people pleaser or a recovering type A. Maybe you're a little bit of an overachiever. (laughs) Maybe you are the type that even has struggled to, you know, put yourself first in certain situations or really make changes that you know are necessary, but you're kind of afraid to do in case you disappoint people. And I think that kind of ties into putting yourself first. But, you know, all of these little elements really do play a role in kind of what's been going on the past few months for me and why I decided to take a little pause. And yeah, so I just really wanted to go over that. And I really do hope that a lot of this is supportive for you. I would love for you to let me know if you've been through something like this or just, you know, maybe bookmark a couple of these points for the future in case anything like this does come up. So let's get into it. Where the heck have I been? (laughs) I'll say that this detour, this little pause, this little break has been, well, it was rather unexpected. It was unplanned, uh, but it ended up being really necessary and really supportive for me. I want to back up a few months at this point. So I'm recording. It's the end of August, and this will come out very beginning of September. I mean, I don't, I, I just looked at the calendar and read that totally wrong. Also, what is time anymore? It doesn't even matter. So it'll come out at the beginning of October. I'm recording it at the end of September. That is what I meant. That is correct. (laughs) Onwards. So I want to back up to July. In July, I was in San Diego for about three weeks. And then I went to LA very beginning of August for about a week and then went to Palm Springs. We'll get into all of that, but we're rewinding to the San Diego point because that is where our story kind of starts. So I was having a lovely time in San Diego. As you all know, I've been doing this nomadic thing for the past almost 10 months at this point, I think. I I technically left LA at the beginning of December last year, 2021. And I, this was very unexpected also, but I was in San Diego. I mean, I had been a few times over the course of these, however many months it's been, but I was there for three weeks really to kind of camp out and explore and decide if I wanted to live there once I decide to settle down a little bit and stop traveling, being the Rolling Stone that I have been. I was totally not expecting it to be San Diego, but turns out that that might be the place. Very exciting. And 
yeah, so I just wanted to spend a little bit more time there. You know, the other times I had been, and it had been probably a few days here and there, or maybe up to a week here and there. And I just really wanted to experience a little bit more of it as if I were kind of living there, you know, give myself a taste. And I was loving it, honestly, loving it, having the best time, not even doing a whole lot. It wasn't like I was like out and about every night going crazy. I was really just like feeling into the area, if that makes sense, and seeing if it was somewhere that I vibe with. Turns out we vibe excellently. (laughs) Also, oh my God, I loved the place I was staying. It had this beautiful garden in the back and just being able to be outside in the fresh air, watching the butterflies just made my heart so happy. So (laughs) definitely need some outdoor space wherever I'm going to end up. So add that to the manifestation list. But anyway, that's not the point of this story. So while I was there, as I'm frolicking, enjoying my time, I'm also starting to experience a little bit more stress and demands in my full-time job. If you did not know, (laughs) I moonlight as a corporate employee. Corporate Caitlin is my alter ego. And (laughs) I laugh. It's just so funny to me. But anyway, corporate Caitlin She has been very lucky that for the past five years that I've been at this job, which is totally bananas to me that it's been five years at this point, I actually just got my like five-year anniversary gift. Totally did not expect to be there for five years, but here we are. So I have been really, 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 really lucky, and I'm so grateful for this, that my job has been very, very free, I guess. It it hasn't been certainly as demanding as a normal nine-to-five has been. I have a lot of flexibility. I'm a team of one, so I don't need to be, you know, after the whole COVID thing happened and the office is opened, like I'm not really needed there. Even before that, I didn't really go in most of the time because I'm not interfacing with anybody most of the time. It's just kind of me doing my thing. So it's really been for the majority of the time that I've been there, do your thing, get your work done. As long as everything's done on time and you show up when you need to show up, then it's kind of like, you know, all good. And... When I embarked on this nomad adventure, I had this just like kind of gut feeling, this knowing that at some point the other shoe was probably going to drop, right? Because I think if you heard, I don't even know what episode it was at this point, but I'm pretty sure I told you in one of my what the fuck segments that (laughs) I didn't tell my job necessarily that I'm not in LA full time anymore. So... I've just been evading, not that they've needed me to come in, but I've just kind of been (laughs) avoiding the whole question and conversation. Maybe not the best idea, but (laughs) here we are. So it was in San Diego in July when the other shoe started to drop. And at that point, I'll say, I don't, you know, I don't want to say that I was being delusional because I definitely was aware of what was going on. Um, There have been some changes over this year to what's going on in the company that have, I mean, not only changed my role in the sense that like somebody's paying more attention to me now, which isn't a bad thing. And it hasn't been, you know, that much of a change other than I have more meetings with my boss now. But We've also made some other changes with the company as a whole that have, and especially kind of in July was when this was all getting really intense, um, have really affected what I do day to day. And it's been kind of a mess. (laughs) It's been poor communication and like everything's urgent even more so than it usually is because that's how my job has always been. And so 
I wasn't getting that stressed or in my head about it at that point because I think I wasn't really letting myself be super present to the amount of stuff that was going on. I was kind of riding the wave of how it's always been and putting things off. (laughs) I think this is a funny story of, of the way that I operate and I'm really doing my best to improve in this area. But <laughs> I think I've told you this before too, but my my style of packing when I go on all these trips, like I don't like packing. I don't like making lists and all of that sort of thing. I mean, maybe I should be careful with my language and say it's just something that I don't do currently. <laughs> I am I am learning to enjoy strategizing in that sense, I guess. But I'm the type of person who when I pack, it's like the night before, the day before, even like the morning of before I go, like throwing stuff in a bag that has definitely come to bite me in the ass. So I think you'll see this playing out on another level through this story. Um, When I don't necessarily plan in advance, it can come and bite me in the ass. Not all of life is set up (laughs) yet for the way that I prefer to operate and just kind of like do things in the moment when I desire to and have the energy to still working on this human thing a little bit. So anyway, the the shoe was starting to drop and I was kind of just, again, I don't want to say like deluding myself, but I just wasn't really doing as much as I could have, I think, to set myself up for success later on because I kind of thought that like, oh, you know, well, first of all, I was enjoying my time in San Diego. I had a little vacation coming up at the first kind of like part of August after LA going to Palm Springs, to Splash House. What up, Splash House? (laughs) It's the best if you've ever been. Oh, it's so fun. The other shoe really started to drop and not just with like the day-to-day work, like the amount of projects and the workload I had, but there was one day in particular that they decided they needed me to come into the office like at the drop of the hat. And again, they don't know that I'm not in LA. So by all accounts, it should have been really easy. And thank God I was just in San Diego at this point. Like, can you imagine if I had been in Atlanta or like Sedona or any of these places that I've been over the past however many months, like (laughs) I would have been talk about stressed. Like at least this was just a two hour drive, not even because there was no traffic, but (laughs) it was this like tug of war for two, three days of this guy put a meeting on my calendar that I had to be in the office for without consulting about my availability. And it turns out that I wasn't available. Don't even remember why at this point. And so I pushed it and then he pushed it back and he involved my boss. And it was just like this whole mess. And and luckily it, it worked out in my favor and we pushed the meeting, but, and, and I made it up there in person. But this was one of the biggest things that I was like, okay, I might need to alter my plans moving forward, which was something that I really, really did not want to do because I had plans for September, October that I didn't want them to get threatened. You know, I have this whole nomad stuff and places I want to go, people I want to see. And and so it was that moment that I really was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe my lifestyle kind of can't support this anymore. So, you know, anyway, well, let's fast forward a little bit at this point go to LA for the few days, go to Palm Springs, have a great time. I get back and it's now eh, not even two weeks into August, I would say at this point. And kind of like the shit hits the fan (laughs) with with the work stuff. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like work is the only thing that's going on, right? Because I mean, 
I have a podcast. I have my own business on the side. Work has been incredible in that it has allowed me to have the time and the flexibility to build my business in the past, what, not even two years, which is wild. It feels like it's been a freaking lifetime. But, you know, within my business, within the podcast, I'm doing most of the stuff myself. Well, granted, I have Soulfire and they are so amazing and have made this whole thing possible. But, you know, I'm juggling a lot of balls. I'm wearing a lot of hats on a day-to-day basis. And so it's not really a small thing when my entire kind of workload changes at the drop of a hat, which is what it really felt like to me. Like I said, like there were just really poor communication things going on within the company and um, things coming at me that I had no idea. And I'm a team of one. And so I only have so much time and bandwidth with which to execute these projects. And it was just an insane amount of stuff that was being thrown my way. And so I started to get really, really, really stressed. (laughs) And saying that I was really stressed, I think, doesn't actually even do it justice because what was really going on was my body started to experience what I would call a trauma response from the last time that I got in a work situation that became that stressful. And if you've been around for a while, if you've heard me talk about my first job, that was the really stressful, toxic environment where, you know, my health ended up tanking and I don't want to make it seem like it was just the job, right? It was definitely on me as well. My coping mechanisms were not at all healthy at that point, overtraining, undereating, all the things. And so it was just a, a fucking dumpster fire at that point. But, you know, in this situation, because of the way my body physically responded, like cellular memory, right? My body was reacting to this perceived threat the way that it it did back then. And so this looked like a lot of physical symptoms starting to happen. What felt like all of a sudden I was having trouble sleeping. You know, I was having trouble falling asleep. I was having trouble staying asleep. I was relying on things that I would not normally rely on. And I I mean, sleep issues have been a part of my story for as long as I've, since I tanked my health back in the day. What was that? Seven years ago, which is bananas. Um, But it's so important to me. You know, it's, it's one of the most important things that I do to take care of myself is make sure that I'm getting really good sleep and enough sleep and all the things. And so I was relying on Benadryl some days. I was relying on ZQL, things that I don't want to take unless I'm like in the most extreme need. But that's how poorly I was sleeping. And, you know, when you don't sleep and you get up and you try to perform and focus, you just can't. While we are talking about sleep, I just wanted to take a quick moment and tell you about two products that I am absolutely loving when it comes to my sleep lately, and that is the Zen Capsules and the Raw CBN Nighttime Oil from Cured Nutrition. Y'all, I am not kidding when I say I am truly obsessed with these products, and they have changed the game for me when it comes to my sleep. I I don't know where these have been my whole life, honestly. (laughs) I feel like I have tried everything when it comes to sleep from supplements, so many different formulations to different CBD products, and nothing has worked for me the way that these two have. It is truly magical and amazing. I don't know what wizardry they're doing over there at Cured, but they have really caught on to something, and I could not recommend these too highly enough. 
the CBN nighttime oil has CBD and CBN in it. And if you did not know what CBN is, it is the cannabinoid that specifically helps with sleep and relaxation. And then the Zen capsules have an array of really amazing ingredients like magnesium, reishi, valerian root, sculpt cap, passion flower, et cetera, et cetera. Literally, I feel like they put magic in there as well and just didn't put it on the ingredient label because I am sleeping so well. And this is really saying something for me because I have struggled with my sleep for years. I fall asleep easily. I stay asleep. And probably the most amazing part for me is that I wake up feeling refreshed every single morning after I take these. They are so incredible. I probably said that seven times, but I'm going to keep saying it because it truly blows my mind how well I'm sleeping with these. I honestly forgot what it was like to wake up every morning feeling refreshed, not groggy, ready to take on the day. And these two together really do that for me. Even when I get like nights of sleep that aren't, you know, the optimal amount, I still wake up feeling really good and ready to take on the day. I truly if you could not tell, I'm obsessed <laughs> and I could not recommend them highly enough. And because I am so obsessed, I want to give you a little treat if you want to try them for yourself. I have a link in the show notes you can go to or you can use my code NTC that will get you 10% off your first order from Cured. Check them out, not just the nighttime oil and the Zen caps. They have a whole array of products that support you throughout your entire day and they are just incredible probably doing some magic shit over there because <laughs> they are just that good. So check them out. Link in the show notes and code NTC to get 10% off your first order. Not only that, but I was waking up with headaches. I, I imagined that they were tension related or stress related, but I would wake up. It seemed like every two to three days and I would wake up, head would be in so much pain. Again, relying on things that I don't want to rely on. Um, ibuprofen, things like that, which, you know, liver, my background's in holistic nutrition. Like it's not good for you to take that in a sustained manner, but I was taking it because I didn't want to be in pain and I needed to show up for my job and my business and my podcast and all the things. And so, you know, I would wake up with a headache day. The next day I call it like a headache hangover where I would still feel it, but it wouldn't be as like intensely painful. And then I'd maybe have one day where I felt normal. And then the next day I would wake up with a headache again and it was brutal. My gut was starting to, I don't want to say malfunction. That's not quite the right word, but like I definitely noticed my gut was having, you know, stress reactions and probably the two worst, and this was when I really decided that things, like something had to give at this point, was when I noticed my anxiety and my emotions really going haywire. The anxiety piece, I would wake up and it wouldn't be, you know, first thing when I got out of bed, I would read my book and have my coffee and have breakfast and, and feel okay. But when I would get up and actually like start to get ready for the day. So when I would be brushing my teeth and washing my face and all of the things, most days, more days than not, I would say I would have this crushing sensation in my chest in a way that I've never experienced before. You know, even when I dealt with my anxiety and depression, it was it was more sustained. It was more chronic. This was like intense, acute. Like I would have to stop what I was doing, 
almost like lean on the counter, lean forward a little bit, put my hand on my chest and just freaking breathe because it felt like someone was trying to squeeze my lungs and squeeze my heart until they crumbled into dust is what it felt like. And like I said, I never experienced anything like that before. So that was one of the first big alarm bells (laughs) as if the rest of it, the sleeping and the headaches weren't enough. But then the other thing on top of that is when I started to basically have mini meltdowns in the middle of the day because of things that were happening. And again, I think that a lot of this, and I'm not meaning to guilt or shame myself or anything like that, or, or I don't know, anything like that really. Cause I, I do really think that this was very much a trauma response from the first toxic job. I think I, I don't want to say making it up, but I think that my head, as our brains like to do, kind of like the overthinking, but a little different application of that, was spinning out this scenario to be more intense than it perhaps was. Because the truth, and this is a really important point, is what's actually true in the moment, what your mind is telling you are true or is true, are two very different things often, and especially in periods of stress like this. My mind was spinning a story for me that it felt like I was dying. I remember thinking many times over the course of these few weeks that like I felt like I was drowning. I was so overwhelmed with all of this stuff, wearing all of these hats, trying to keep everything running. And I'm, I'm doing this all myself, right? I, I have some support, but you know, for the most part, it's just me wearing all the hats. And so I was feeling, I remember very vividly having the thoughts like, I just feel like I'm drowning. I'm so overwhelmed. And I felt like I was going to get like sucked under the current. And when these emotional outbursts started to happen more frequently, I was like, this can't, this can't happen. You know, something has to give. And that was important and also really difficult to come to terms with because Let's let's touch on both. Like it was important because this is an opportunity for me to show up differently for myself than I did last time, right? If you kind of think about it, like this situation is in a small way mirroring what was happening during my job years ago when it was so intense and so toxic. But this time I have tools to be able to take care of myself. I know how to regulate my nervous system. I know how to take care of my my physical body and my physiology and my biology and my mind and my emotion. Like I just know I'm so well resourced at this point that I now get to show up for myself in a way that I could not and and really soothe myself and take care of myself. And so, you know, being I wouldn't say fully on the other side of it, but being somewhat through the tunnel, through the worst of it, I would say I'm so proud of that. And I think it was so important for me to go through this just to to show myself how differently I do show up for myself now. But the difficult part of it was I still, like I said at the beginning, like recovering people pleaser, recovering type A. I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to let myself down. I love this show and and this is something that I want to grow and show up for all of you that listen and um you know I made a commitment to soul fire and all the things and so it came with a lot of fear of disappointing people it came with a lot of fear of the reactions that I would get from people and I really wrestled with this for quite a while 
as this kind of stress was building, as I was kind of coming to terms with the fact that something had to give, I was really struggling with this decision because there's only so many levers that I can realistically press. I, I legit, I'm not even kidding you guys. I did think about just like up and quitting my job. <laughs> we didn't go through with that. Still would bring me a little bit of joy, I think. But that's that was meant to be more, in, you know, an eventual thing once my business can take over for that. And so like I was saying, there's only so many levers I have to press within that. I could quit my job. I could stop my business for a while or I could press pause on the podcast. And it turned out that this was the easiest lever for me to press because obviously like the business is the thing that (laughs) makes me the money and the job. So those are the two priorities at this point, I think. And and with my limited capacity, with meaning and clear space just to take care of myself, it kind of, it had to be that. And it was not an easy decision to come to by any stretch of the imagination. I was struggling with this up until literally the night before it turned to September that I was like, I got to push pause. I'm so sorry. You know, I just, I need to create space. And and I will say, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. It wasn't just the job stuff that was happening at this point. There are some other things going on behind the scenes um, that were also kind of contributing to my, my stress levels and my reactions to these things. But I feel like the one that really broke the, or the straw that really broke the camel's back kind of was this, this job scenario. So yeah, I, I made the decision to press pause and I was pretty nervous. I was very nervous <laughs> to say it because like I said, didn't want to let anybody down. You, my team, myself, I like to honor my commitments, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I just am that way. And so the beautiful and really healing part about this, though, was that I fully expected that someone was going to get mad at me. I fully expected that somebody was going to get disappointed and that I was going to have to do like damage control. And none of that happened. None of it happened. And it was incredible. I was probably for the first time that I've ever had to like make a decision like this met with the utmost love and support and understanding and what it really showed me. And, and, and if I'm really honest about it, I didn't expect anything less from these people because they're incredible. But my mind, again, spinning stories because of what I've experienced in the past and how situations like this have played out in the past, even with friends, like I'm sure you all have experienced, you know, you make a commitment to go hang out with a friend and then for whatever reason something comes up and you can't do it anymore. And the friend's like, you're awful and, you know, you're such a bad friend and blah, blah, blah. And they make it this whole thing when it has nothing to do with them. It's literally just you needed to take care of yourself. <laughs> it's little moments like that that, you know, we grew up with and, and we get we build these kind of like fear reactions and we, we future predict that this is going to be the thing that happens again. And this was such a beautiful healing experience for me, not only to show up for myself and create space to take care of myself and create space to, you know, heal myself before it got to the point that it would, you know, years ago or that it did years ago. Cause I think even, what, three years ago at this point, I would have probably made different choices and I probably would have run myself into the ground more, but I'm really proud of the fact that I caught it so much earlier and that I did intentionally create the space to be 
as regulated as I am now. Like I wouldn't say by any means I'm out of the woods yet. Like there's still lots of stuff on my plate that hasn't been there for the past however many months, years. But the other really healing part of this was having the people that this kind of directly affected be so supportive and loving towards me. And I think the biggest takeaway from that is when you're surrounded by the right people, when you have the right people supporting you, they will show up with support and not judgment and not make it about, you know, them when it's not about them at all. They will be loving and literally be supportive. And that was so beautiful for me to experience because even, I mean, just reflecting on the past year, even with like friends and stuff at times too, it, it, I don't feel like I've always been met with that level of just like, hey, it's cool. Take care of yourself. And I think that I, I make this point too, not just to give you permission to do what you need to do to take care of yourself, right? Whether that's canceling plans or pushing off a project or whatever that looks like in the moment for you, like you literally have full permission to do that. And it is your honestly duty and responsibility to yourself to take the time for yourself and to show up for yourself in that way. Nobody else is going to do it for you. You know what I mean? Like nobody else can. Nobody else knows because I'm going to raise my hand for this one too. Like I'm not always good at asking for help or support when I need it. And I did this time and I'm really proud of that. But I think the other thing is if the people in your life aren't showing up for you with love and compassion and true support and non-judgment and not making it about themselves when it's really about you taking care of you, then they're not the right people. And that's really fucking hard. Like, I mean, when it's when we're talking about like people close to you personally, friends, family, that sort of thing, it's really hard when it's those people that you realize can't show up for you in the way that you maybe want or need them to. I've been through that a, a lot in the past couple of years, for sure. But there are people out there that will show up for you like that. And I think, again, you do owe it to yourself as hard as it is to create the space to find those people and to seek those people out and to make those people your priority over people that are comfortable or people that you feel obligated to just because they're your parents or your siblings or friends that you've known forever and ever and ever. You're not obligated to anyone. The only one that you're obligated to is yourself. Like if you're not going to show up for yourself, honestly, nobody else is. <laughs> and maybe that's not 100% true and, and, you know, there's nuance to that. But nobody knows what's going on in your head 100% of the time. And, and when you do make it known, when you do reach out, when you do ask for support and they don't show up for you with love and compassion and respect and support, again, like glaring red flag that those aren't your people. So yeah, I, I just wanted to give you that update because I feel like, like I said, there's going to be some big important takeaways for you in there somewhere. I think that, you know, different situations certainly but all of us can relate to those situations at one point or another in our lives and so I wanted to underline those for you and just reflect on them for myself because I am just really 
proud of the way that I've shown up for myself, like I said, and and I think it's really important to take the time to call that out and to, you know, give myself a pat on the back. And I, I hope the same for you if you've done something similar recently. And one thing I will say, a new fun thing that I have going on, I mean, I would not be able to do this without all of the mentorship and support and you know, personal development work, the inner work, the spiritual work that I've done over the past few years. And so I wanted to give you a quick little invitation, my new fun little offering here. Um, I have some one-on-one Voxer coaching spaces available. Um, you can DM me on Instagram. I'll put a link in the show notes to more info as well. But this is really a space for you to come and get supported, whether it's a situation like this where you need to be empowered to stand up for yourself or whether you need to receive the tools to take care of yourself, like the nervous system regulation, you know, the somatic pro- practices. So you can actually like take care of the emotions and, and the energy that's going on in your body when these things happen whether it's, you know, using insights from your human design even to make your life easier and more optimal for you and how feels good for you. Like all of that is available in this container for you. So I would invite you into that space. Like I said, I would not be where I am today. I would not have been able to show up for myself in this way over the past few months without any of that support. And so I would love to be that support for you if you feel called to that. And with that... What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? So my what the fuck am I doing story for this episode also has to do with this nine to five, which is just making my life so fun over the past <laughs> little bit of time. It has unfortunately changed a lot of my plans for September and October. I thought I was going to have to like U-turn myself back down to LA a couple times in September And so it it really shot me, (laughs) shot me down with what I was planning for this month. So that's a little unfortunate. And it's turned out that uh, same is going to happen in October, or at least that's what it looks like at this point. Uh, I'm going to be in like four places (laughs) within like three weeks in the month of October is the way it's shaping up. From here in NorCal to LA to Zion, then back to LA, all within like two and a half weeks. So not really sure if this is the best idea. Haven't really worked out all the kinks. I'm really hoping that the dates for the uh, job stuff that I have to be in person for don't change because that would really suck (laughs) for the minimal plans that I have going on. So anyway, it's just really really reflecting on my life choices at this point maybe just reconsidering my steps forward (laughs) oh man anyway what the fuck am I doing too much too much is what I'm doing (laughs) oh man anyway if you enjoyed the episode if you found some part of this useful, helpful, supportive. I would so love it if you would share this episode with someone who you think it would also support, share it over on Instagram, anything like that. And if you do on social media, please tag me at underscore Caitlin Kirkpatrick so I can say hi and thank you for the support. I just appreciate it so, so much. And I will leave you with my parting thought for the day. So where I am currently, there's tons and tons of hummingbirds. We saw like three or four all in the yard the other day at the same time, which was crazy. I don't think we've ever seen that many all at once before. But 
as I like sit outside and I have a hammock out there now, it's so lovely. I love hammocks. Why are they just the best? That's not my, my parting thought though. My parting thought about these hummingbirds is how do they know? So there's like a feeder, right? It's hanging on the deck. Then there's a tree that's like in the yard, sort of close to the deck, but like not really. And hummingbirds are tiny. So if the hummingbird is sitting in the tree, not facing the hummingbird feeder, how does it know when a neighborhood hummingbird that's not part of like its pod is coming to the feeder to feed to come to attack? Like hummingbirds, I don't know if you know this, hummingbird facts, they're super territorial. And so like if they claim a feeder, that's their feeder. And so nobody that's not part of like their hummingbird clan family, <laughs> whatever, is allowed to feed from it. They'll like swoop in and chase them off. And so if they're not facing the thing, the feeder, looking at it, how do they know that a neighboring hummingbird is coming in to feed? Do they have like a hummingbird sixth sense? It's not like they have like a like a feeder alarm <laughs> that goes off, you know what I mean? So anyway, I'm just really curious about that. Animals are crazy. <laughs> also, I'm a little bit crazy because this is the shit that I think about all the time on a daily basis. <laughs> Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming. I'm happy. I hope you're excited and I will see you then. Bye. Bye.